And we are live with Hormone Mastery. I'm your host, Austin James Wolf, and here is my wonderful co-host, Stephanie Wolf. She's also the CEO of this company, so she's kind of my boss. Anyway, uh, she is a hormone expert. Um, why don't you tell the audience, what does being a hormone expert actually mean? Well, specifically, I was trained in... Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can we stop this? No, 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 keep going. This is good. This is good. This is good. Keep going. The audience are gonna love this. Okay. Hey, you guys love this, right? I like this video if you love this. This is live, baby. Yeah. So I'm board certified in anti-aging um, and hormone specialty, as well as peptide certification. Mm. So what that actually means to you guys is that you know I've gone through training with other hormone experts in the United States. So these physicians are OBGYNs, they're family practice, internal medicine, some of them are ER docs who've actually um, transferred out into hormone therapy. And a lot of these physicians have been doing hormones for the last 30, 40 years. So they've seen the ups and downs with hormone replacement therapy and you know the different treatment modalities and um, you know staying in tune with what's up and coming so I myself go to what's called A4M and A4M is worldwide training American Academy of Anti-Aging and they have two conferences every year one's in the spring and one's in the winter um, the winter one is the one that's the biggest that's the big one that's the big one yeah. so we went last year Austin went with us last year um, but I continue my education, you know, twice a year with A4M as far as hormones go. And then just last year I went and I got peptide certified. And peptide certification, it was a series of two weeks basically. Um, one of them I went to Tennessee for for a week and then the other one was in Vegas. And um, just, just in case uh, people, this is the first time they've ever seen you, uh, what are peptides in pep a nutshell? Okay, so what I usually will tell patients is, Peptides are, are like new medicine, basically. And there's over 100 different peptides on the market right now. They're just composed of amino acids. Amino acids, as you guys all know, are just building blocks, protein building blocks. And what these peptides do is they are supposed to be put together so that they look and mimic a enzyme in your body that activates a cell signal, whatever it is that they're specifically looking for to activate. So for instance, um, you know, there's one that's used for the immune system and it targets the thymus gland to produce new T cells and B cells. So it's an enzyme that they're actually activating to get that thymus gland into production again. So they're using it for the treatment of hepatitis, influenza, and HIV. So that's an example of one of them. And then obviously the other one that we use a lot here is something called Sermorlin which I've done a whole segment on our YouTube channel about, yeah. so you can watch um, that one. But something I know that we were kind of talking about, um, we're gonna be doing a segment on hair loss. So there's a peptide that we're using right now called zinc thymolin. And zinc thymolin comes as a foam wash that you put on at nighttime in your hair. Again, activating an enzyme that helps promote healthy hair growth. And we are seeing amazing results with that. And I would say within just the first month of patients using it, um, I just had a guy in here yesterday who's been using it for a month, oh, wow. and um, you know he's been on Propecia and he's been on um, some other 
Rodane, and what he said is that, you know, in the mornings when he would wash his hair, he would always have hair in his hands. And since he's been using oh. the zinc thymolin, he hasn't had any hair in his hands. His hair is thicker. Um, it's actually darker in pigment. And wow. They, they do say that, that it can increase the melanin pigment of the yeah. hair follicle. So, um, anyway, so that's kind of going into peptide therapy. So, um, because... I was trained in it. There was maybe a hundred physicians um, going through the same certification I was going through. We were the first class. Oh, really? Yeah, it was it was pretty. So you guys were on like the forefront. We are. Yeah. So it's amazing science, um, and it's just getting better. You know, as far as what they're doing. So, you know, as far as hormones go, it's there's it's so big. There's so much that's going on. Yeah. Um, that how do you expect a family? practice or cardiologists or endocrinologists to keep up with all that stuff because they're working on diabetes and as we know diabetes is growing yeah right so they're inundated trying to figure out how to help patients with their diabetes let alone manage hormones and so that's where my training comes into play is this is all I do this is what my focus is yeah you know so all my training goes into hormones and peptides right and if you're a general practice doctor you sort of have to know a little bit about everything, everything but you're not a master of one. Correct. Right? Which is why they recommend their patients to experts of their field. Like, exactly. Like a dermatologist for, for skin. Right. Gastroenterologist for tummies. Um, ophthalmologist for eyes. You know, so they basically do the basics, you know, for what you need. And then if it's something that is beyond their scope of practice, they're going to refer you out to the specialist. So in that case, I would be the hormone specialist is how you can look at it. Right. Right. And um, I know that today's episode, if you read the description, I want to talk about the, um, I wanted you to talk about what I aptly titled the secret triad that runs your life. <laughs> so um, I know that there are a lot of important hormones, but um, we're actually um, helping her write her first book. Uh, we're thinking about calling it Hormone Mastery, so uh, look out for that. Uh, but we were talking about, I was like, okay, what are some of the most important hormones that run people's lives that you know we should really make sure that we are in control of and we know the numbers and we know how it's affecting our health and um, what did you tell me it's it really comes down and this is female specific mm -hmm. mind you but it's estrogen progesterone and testosterone so the way that I'll explain it to my patients is think of it like a teeter-totter so I'm, I use my hands a lot I'm sorry um, so you have a teeter-totter and on one side you have estrogen, the other side you have progesterone, and then you have testosterone in the middle. Yeah. So you want everybody to be on the same playing field. Oh, whoa. Be before you before you get into that, can I yeah. ask a question? Yeah. I didn't ask this in our meeting, um, <laughs> so I feel a little embarrassed. Uh, I know typically it's sort of marketed or common knowledge that, oh, testosterone is the guy hormone, estrogen is the female hormone. I know it's a bit more complicated than that, but mm -hmm. what is progesterone? So progesterone is what they like to call um, the hormone of pregnancy. That's mm. like the common name of it. Yeah. Um, this is what you need in order to maintain a healthy um, pregnancy. Mm. But progesterone does so much more than that. Progesterone helps control blood sugars and blood pressure, cholesterol, um, your hair growth, um, your immune system, your bones, your vagina health. Um, it's an- Everything. Everything. It's a wow. natural antidepressant, anti-anxiety. It increases GABA, which increases norepinephrine, helps you sleep at night. It's a natural antidiuretic. It's, 
So there's so many things that progesterone does that you really need to make sure that you have a balance between wow. the estrogen and progesterone. And I will say this, that I have a lot of women who will come in here who are post hysterectomy and they're told by their GYN specialist that if they're gonna do hormone replacement therapy, they only need estrogen, that they don't need progesterone. And that's just, that's not true because if you really think about your body in a natural state before the hysterectomy, you were balanced with estrogen progesterone. So just because you take the uterus out doesn't mean that you shouldn't be taking progesterone too. In their sense, what they're thinking about is if you think about a uterus, and this might be going into like a lot more detail for you guys, uh -huh. but <laughs> I apologize. Um, estrogen is what creates the lining of your uterus. So that's what's necessary in order for the egg to attach. And then progesterone, if the egg doesn't attach, is what comes in and helps you menstruate. So it's, you know, sloughing of the uterus and then that, that endometrial stripe is what your menstrual cycle is. So in their minds, they are thinking, okay, well, if I give you estrogen, you're never gonna grow the stripe because you don't have a stripe. You don't have a uterus. So then I really don't need to give you progesterone. So in, in hmm. all honesty, that's how their brains are thinking and that's how they're working. And I know that because I used to work for them. Um, but if you just take a step back and you kind of think about things logically, I always say this word because hmm. I'm always thinking logically, but um, let's kind of erase the whole uterus thing. Progesterone does so many other things in your body and you have receptors everywhere in your body for progesterone. So you don't want to leave progesterone out. It's got a role. So, you know, you need to balance these two together. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, we talk about, I know that we say a lot here that, oh, your doctor doesn't know this or, you know, your specialist doesn't know that. Is it their fault that they don't know these things? I guess why don't, you'd expect if you're going to see a doctor that they would know everything about the human body or at least that they would know enough to help you. How come there's so much misinformation when it comes to doctors? I mean, we put a lot of trust into our doctors mm -hmm. uh, to really heal us, and a lot of times they don't. Yeah. What's the disconnect there? How come uh, we have to know more about this area than other people do? Maybe, I mean, some of it, quite honestly, I think it's just training. You know, I think about when I was in PA school, the PA program that I was in was actually affiliated with a, a med school. So there were classes that I would sit in with med students. We would share the same teachers, the same classes. And, you know, there's only so much time. It's like the apocalypse <laughs> out here in Studio City, guys. Um, um, sorry, can you Yeah, so that? there's just not a whole lot of time for them to cover everything, right? And when I really right. think about GYN or OBGYN, like the class that we had, it was really focused on babies, right? Mm -hmm. So there was a whole section on delivery, you know, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, and what you need to know about that. And then the other part of it was pap smears and STDs. And that's what you learned. Like that's, that was the extent of it. Yeah. So I, I don't want to, oh. you know, I don't, oh. it's not their fault. This right. is, this they is what they taught. learned. Right. They just weren't taught because there wasn't enough time. Got it. You know, they're trying to focus on teaching them a little bit about everything because once you get out of med school, then you're gonna specialize, right? Mm. That's when you choose your residency. Got it. Like, oh, I'm gonna go into dermatology. Oh, I'm gonna go into internal medicine. Okay, is it, tell me if this is wrong. Is it sort of like high school where they give you, okay, you're gonna take this class, you're gonna take 
All your general ed. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can choose, all right, where are you going to specialize in history? Okay, now you're just going to learn about history or math. You know, Exactly. Is it, That's okay. exactly how it is. So Got it's it. like they do the, the best they can with the time that they have to give you all the information. Right. So essentially, even though there's no masters for hormone therapy, mm-hmm. essentially, I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the wrong metaphor, but most doctors or most anyone that goes into the medical field they, they get like a high school equivalent of a hormone class whereas yeah. you've specialized in it you've got the equivalent of what a master's would be exactly. for hormone therapy okay That's correct. that makes sense yeah. yeah yeah wow so it'd be like if I went to college you know if I did my general education and I went to college for let's say math that's what I specialized in or maybe maybe that's the wrong thing maybe I maybe I specialize in like Roman history and maybe this person needs to know about um, just African history and you know you just have to know more about that because you're specialized in exactly. that. So you can help someone who actually wants to know more about this and how this can help them. Meanwhile, I can't because I'm specialized in something else. Right. Or I'm a jack of all trades, I'm a world history guy, but I don't really know that much or can go into as depth into detail as you can. Right. Exactly. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Got it. Wow. Okay. Um that definitely clears the air for me. Um as far as progesterone goes, I know that um, it is super, super important to the women. Is is that present in males as well? It is present in males, mm-hmm. but it's not something that is as large as it is in females. Okay, so it plays a much bigger role. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. With that being said, though, I, I think I want to touch base on this real quick, on okay. the males side of it. Yeah. Um, so we got the female triad. We got the estrogen, the testosterone, progesterone. Exactly. So then... on the male side... To me, the males seem a little bit more complicated, even though you wouldn't really? think that. Right, yeah, because as a guy, I'm just like, I need more <laughs> testosterone. Give me some HGH. <laughs> and it doesn't work like that. Right, right, right. Um, so what I try to tell these guys is, you know, testosterone isn't like a one-stop shop. Like, it doesn't just happen in one specific location in your body, and then that's it. So with you guys, you know, it's coming from the cerebral cortex, whether it's mm. the hypothalamus pituitary gland, and that's talking to the adrenal glands, or is it talking to the testicles? And then the testicles is the luteinizing hormone. You know, so what I try to explain to these guys is it's like, I need to see the big picture. I need to know what's going on with your testicles. Are the testicles actually talking to your brain? Are they telling it to make testosterone? Are the adrenal glands talking to your brain? Are they making testosterone? Because adrenals make testosterone as well. And then I'm kind of looking at, okay, well, if we have that, how much testosterone are you actually making because now you need to be able to convert into estrogen and dihydrotestosterone. Mm -hmm. So that's where this misconception comes in. And just today, I had this guy come in here and he's like, you know, I noticed that I'm having erectile dysfunction and decreased libido when I'm adjusting my anastrozole. And I was like, of course you are. And anastrozole is an estrogen blocker. Oh, Okay. Okay. So what happens is these guys don't understand you need estrogen. You need, it's a fine line of estrogen. You need estrogen for your bones, your muscle, your erections, and your libido. So if you're going to block the amount of estrogen that you're making, then the testosterone is going to get turned into dihydrotestosterone. And dihydrotestosterone, when you get too much of it, is when you start to lose your hair. Ah, yeah. So it's really about balance for you guys too. Right. But it's like... There's so many little avenues that go down it. Right. And, you know, as a guy, when I hear estrogen, I think man boobs. I don't want that, right? That's but, correct. But <laughs> if it, 
you need, you can't have too much. Right, can't, you can't too have much, too little. You can't have too little. It has to be perfectly balanced. Exactly. Which I'm assuming is why guys should see a hormone specialist to, to find out what the right level is for you or what the right range is for, yes. for guys. That so I, I will say this. So um, the gentleman that came in today, he brought me his labs from his hormone specialist. Mm -hmm. Literally had two things on the paper. It was total testosterone, Wait. and it was his PSA. That's it? And that's it. Guys, okay, listen. I got I got my hormones balanced with her. We took a lab test. What is it? How many different labs did I get? Um, it's 10 different vials of blood. That 10, 10 different vials of blood. Yeah, and it's about five pages worth of lab review. Yeah, over 30, right? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. And this guy got two. Two. From his hormone specialist. Yes. So as I was looking at the paper that he brought me, you know, I was, I'm, listen. Wow. I'm gonna explain what I have in front of me, and that's the extent that I can do. Right. So PSA, of course, I need PSA, because yeah. that's telling me about the prostate health. Again, I'm not gonna treat you with testosterone until I know what your prostate health looks like. Mm -hmm. And then total testosterone, so that didn't tell me anything else. It right, didn't tell me what his free was, free. it didn't tell me his estrogen, it didn't tell me his dihydrotestosterone, it didn't tell me his luteinizing hormone, it didn't tell me about his DHEA, mm -hmm. it didn't tell me about anything. Mm -hmm. So, which, if you want overall health and wellness and you're looking for a program to where you feel optimized and the best that you can be and I need to know what's going on, I need to know everything. I, I can't just go off of one number. Right. Yeah. How can you with the human body? The human exactly. body is more than, exactly. you know, just a couple numbers, you know. We need to test <laughs> everything that we can. Is that a little frustrating? It's very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, they, and honestly, they don't know. You guys don't know. Yeah. You know, so you bring me what you have. You don't know. You're not educated. And so I'm trying to educate you guys. Yeah, I'm just, trying to make you understand what it looks like yeah, and it, why I need it. And it just it just blows my mind to even call yourself a hormone specialist, and yet you're only testing two out of what should be over 30 different tests. It's, I don't know. It's crazy. Is that is that wrong to say live? I don't know. I don't know, guys. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> He's gonna go get some blood work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so bring me back to um, the, the female side, the estrogen, the progesterone, and, and the testosterone. You were saying something about a teeter-totter. Yeah, teeter-totter. And it's funny because whenever I say, I, I always save testosterone for last. I go estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. And whenever I say testosterone, <laughs> I get this weird look from women every single right. time. I'm assuming you get the same look from guys when you say estrogen, right? I do, every time. And so what I tried to explain to them is, yeah, we need testosterone just like men need estrogen. Yeah. So testosterone is what gives us mental clarity, mental focus, it gives us a libido, it helps build muscle mass, it helps us burn fat. So what's happening is a lot of these women come in here and they're saying, oh, I'm working out and I'm eating right, but I'm just not losing weight, I'm not building muscle. I'm like, that's because your testosterone's low. And they're like, what? So, you know, it's just knowing that it all goes together. So if I'm going to balance your estrogen progesterone, then I also must balance the testosterone. Because remember, it's a balancing beam. So if you have too much estrogen, what happens to the balancing beam? So, okay, if, you're, if you have too much estrogen, balancing beam, your progesterone, your testosterone is going to dip. Right. Okay. If I have too much progesterone... Then your estrogen and your testosterone is going to dip. Correct. Okay. If I too, have too much testosterone... The other two, estrogen and progesterone are going to dip. Correct. So if one is too high, the other two will naturally exactly. fall down. Correct. Okay. So my goal is to get it all on the same page. Let's get everybody normalized. And when they're normalized, then your body can function. Mm -hmm. It's it's mechanics. It's basically, the best way I like to explain it for patients, it's a symphony. 
So you have all the different players, right, yeah. playing their parts. If you are missing those pieces, it's no longer a symphony. Right. Correct? Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Who's the conductor? <laughs> Is it you? <laughs> there, you go here. You go here. You play this. Wow. That's okay. Now, okay, so you have that triad for women. What about for men? Is there something similar to that? In a sense, because there's so much more that goes into men. Wow. It looks a little bit different. Right. <laughs> a, a bigger, more theater yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And um, I guess, um, let's say, I don't know if this might be common knowledge for some, but let's say your progesterone is too high. What happens? Well, believe it or not, um, what'll happen is it'll suppress their estrogen too much. Okay. So where they're now maybe no longer having menstrual cycles. Mm -hmm. They're having a dry vagina. They're having a decreased libido. Yeah. It's stealing calcium from their bones, so increasing wow. their osteoporosis risk. Um, so it, it does the opposite of what you really want. So again, same idea is you don't want too much of one or the other. You want them balanced so that you can be you know, or have overall health. Right, right. And um, what happens, I'm just curious on this one. Yeah. Because uh, I know we talked about what happens if a woman has too little testosterone. Uh, what happens if a woman has too little estrogen? Well, curious. let's say this. If they have too much estrogen, because that's what I'm used to seeing. Okay, got I it. I feel like that's all I see is oh. estrogen dominance. Have you ever seen an estrogen deficiency? In my menopausal women. Oh, okay, got Yeah, it. so in, so we'll kind of, we'll take both sides okay. of it. So in my menstruating female, all I see is estrogen dominance. And right. estrogen dominance is gonna look like polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, or patients will come in and they'll say, oh, I have a history of fibroids, or I have a history of fibrocystic breasts, or I have a history of ovarian cysts. So all these things are coming from estrogen dominance. Estrogen dominance also carries in um, your fat cells. So the more fat cells you have, the more estrogen you're producing. So you kind of have to think about it like that as what came first, right? Right? Did you have too much estrogen and then it started layering and you started to gain weight? Right. Or did you gain weight and then that increased your estrogen dominance? Right. Okay. Who knows? So right. let's just balance it. Right. Right. right? right. Yeah. Whereas women who are postmenopausal, they're no longer creating estrogen. So what are the biggest signs and symptoms of um, postmenopausal women? They're depressed. They can't think, they have a foggy brain. Um, they gain weight, everyone talks about gaining weight in their midsection, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. um, no energy, right? So you, again, you have to have the balance in order for everything to work. Right, Right. that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, um, I know that we were also talking about this as a possible um, chapter in your book. Actually, you know what, I'll save it for uh, next week's episode. I wanted to uh, sort of delve into what's the root cause of all your problems. Um, if you want to find out more, you know, uh, go to the nocenter.com. But uh, uh, we'll save that for next week's episode. Um, now, actually, I kind of wanted to jump into hair in this same episode, oh, if that's okay with you. Fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So uh, we also work on hair here. We do uh, we do a lot of regenerative medicine. Uh, oh, just for the audience, um, I'm I'm assuming you guys are going to be hearing this phrase a lot more if you're watching this show. Uh, regenerative medicine. What exactly is regenerative? So regenerative medicine is, if you kind of go back to when I was talking about peptide therapy, mm -hmm. it's basically repairing the cells. Okay. So our whole bodies are run on 
cells, enzymes, cell signaling pathways. And what happens is as we age, cells break down, signaling pathways break down, and we deteriorate because that's the natural route. That's what we're supposed to do. And so regenerative medicine really is repairing those cells and it's repairing the cell signal pathway so that you're not deteriorating, right? right. You're actually moving backwards, Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, that would include PRP, stem cells. Absolutely, exosomes, exosomes. peptides. Shockwave therapy? Uh, shockwave therapy, yeah, because it's promoting angiogenesis and mm -hmm. upregulating, you know, mesenchymal stem cells. So, absolutely. It's always good. Yeah. Um, okay. So, with that in mind, how do we use regenerative medicine to help people keep their hair? Well, there's a lot of different options. Right. I'm assuming so. <laughs> And we have these different options because there's obviously different price points, right? So if somebody comes in here and they say, you know, um, I really don't want to spend a whole lot of money. I just kind of want to try something very minimal um, and see how I how I do with it. So the first thing I'm going to recommend is the Nutrafol. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because Nutrafol is just it's a supplement mm -hmm. basically. So you're going to take it's four capsules a day. Some patients take two in the morning, two at night. Austin has an amazing story behind the founders of Nutrafol. I don't know if huh. you're going into that today. Yeah. We're saving that. Um, yeah, I'll jump into it real quick. So basically, there was a guy who's a male model, and he started losing his hair. So he started taking Propecia. And the thing about Propecia that they don't tell you is it can cause ED. In fact, in most guys, it causes ED. And so for this guy, he had ED, and he couldn't perform in the bedroom anymore. So he had to make a decision. Do I keep my hair? Do I keep my modeling career that feeds me? Or do I have, a, you know, my sex life? I'm a model. I want to have sex. And uh, he had to choose his career over his sex life because, I mean, I mean, having sex is great, but it doesn't feed you, you know? You know, it doesn't put food on the table. So he had to keep taking Propecia to keep his hair so he could keep his modeling jobs. So that really sucked for him. But uh, eventually he ran into um, what would also become the other co-founder. His name's Roland, and he actually had thyroid cancer. And uh, what Roland did was he did chemotherapy. I think he beat the cancer, but uh, it ended up making him lose a lot of his hair uh, and it hurt his joints. So he started taking a massive array of uh, herbs and supplements for his joint pain. But what he found was he also started to regrow his hair as well. So he's like, wait a minute, all these herbs, all these you know herbs and supplements are also regrowing my hair. And somehow the male model and Roland, the thyroid cancer survivor, they, they found each other. And the male model also happens to have a career uh, sorry, a background in engineering. I think he has a degree in engineering, random. But uh, they found each other and somehow they turned this massive array of herbs and supplements into basically one pill, you know? And you do have to take it, you have to do take four at a time, you know, maybe two in the morning or two at night and, or four in the morning, just because there's so much in there, you know? Imagine combining, you know, over 10 different supplements into one pill. I mean, you know, you're gonna need a few of those pills to actually do the job, but that's the story behind it. And they got, you know, great, before and after photos, they have uh, actually a clinical trial like proving that it works with over 80% of the people that did it and they have great before and after, after pictures. So, um, But just like any hair um, regimen that we're gonna recommend, you always have to give it four months before you love or hate anything. And the reason why is because the, four, or the, four, the hair has four uh, stages of hair growth. And so you're really trying to attract all four stages and so that's, I am always making sure that I'm very clear with you guys is that 
you know, you can't just assume that one month taking something that something's going to work because, again, it's four different stages. So that's the study they did with Nutrafol is that, you know, they were taking it for four months before they actually, you know, saw results. Right. And, guys, if you just start working out for the first time, if you work out for a month, you know, every day for a month, you might expect to see results. But if you work out every day for four months, I mean, you're going to see – are you going to see a much better difference? You probably are. Uh, than you know you would if you just tracked it for that first month. So uh, I'm assuming that's in most cases for the human body, it takes a bit longer than we want it to to actually see results. Yeah. But I'm also assuming the results are longer lasting. Right. right? Absolutely. So um, from Nutrafol then is the peptide. That's the zinc the zinc thymolin foam wash. That's the guy. That's the one the guy was using. Yeah. And, uh, exactly. Okay. And that's just cell signaling um, hair response. So then that would be the next step up. From there then... Wait, wait, wait. So what does it exactly do? What are the... You said the word cell signaling. Some yeah. guy uses this peptide shampoo. Yeah. How does it work for him? So it's, it's basically promoting... Um, if you think about what zinc does, zinc frees up your testosterone okay. so that it's not bound and it's not converting, right? Mm -hmm. And most guys, when they think of hair loss, they're thinking conversion, dihydrotestosterone. Right, because that's because what's... That's, that's what's marketed. That's marketed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the key word for it, right? But you also have to remember that hair loss is also autoimmune, mm, right? So right. inflammation in the hair follicle that's attacking the hair follicle. Mm -hmm. So what you want is you want to attract both things, which is kind of what Nutrafol does too, in that sense. It's just herbals. Right. Okay? So you have herbs, which is dealing with inflammation, autoimmune, and dihydrotestosterone. Does, do adaptogens also help with that? Adaptogens is part mm -hmm. of, yeah. Oh, okay, got That's it. in the nutritional. Mm -hmm. um, and then the zinc thymolin, same idea, but again, it's repairing the cell and it's repairing the pathway. Mm, okay. So it's similar in that sense to Nutrafol. Yeah. But it's going like a step further in repairing the cells. Right, right, right. Right? Okay. With, with the enzymes. Right. Okay. Got it. From there, then you have the PRP. Okay. Okay. And the PRP is what most patients know as the hair restoration. It's where we inject PRP back into your scalp. PRP, platelet-rich plasma. I draw your blood. I spin it in a centrifuge, and then I put the platelet-rich plasma right back what? into your hair. And what is? how is that a step up from the zinc thymolin? So that's, I like to look at it as fertilizer. Okay. That's the best way for me to explain it to patients. Okay. So if, if neutral. <clears throat> okay. So... If Nutrafol's herbs and supplements... Yep, that's helping to get rid of the inflammation, the autoimmune, and the conversion. And then the thymolin... And then the thymolin is actually reactivating your enzymatic activity and repairing the cells. And then you're putting fertilizer mm -hmm. into the actual hair follicle itself. Yeah. And then you go a step further and you yeah. put exosomes in it. Ooh, what do the exosomes do? Exosomes are part of the stem cell. So stem cells are coming from Wharton's jelly or the placenta right yeah and the easiest way for me to explain it is for your PRP um, think of it this way how fast are you growing if you're 40 50 60 you're probably not and then you look at a child or a baby how fast does a baby grow a baby grows every single day the cells are changing every single day right yeah. so if you're gonna add the placental tissue into your PRP now you're exponentially so think of it like miracle grow yeah you can have regular fertilizer you're gonna grow flowers and trees and plants, it's gonna be beautiful. Yeah. But if you add miracle grow to it, now you've got this luscious landscape. Yeah. So it's just it just depends on what you're looking for, ultimately yeah. in the end. 
right? Wow. Um, if you do do any kind of PRP, whether it's just PRP or exosomes of PRP, then you know we'll have you guys use the Theradome mm -hmm. helmet. Okay. And the Theradome is using infrared light. Mm -hmm. And as most patients know, infrared light helps to restore your mitochondria. Mm -hmm. um, it helps kind of like speed things up, I guess is the best way, and also repairing oh. cells. So. Yeah. There's, there's so much, yeah. you know, you kind of look at it like, ah, I'm doing so much. What's doing what? Well, they're all doing little things and right. they're all working together. Right. So, I mean, you could piecemeal it together or you could just do the whole thing like go all in. and go all so in. Give me everything. Let me get the results the fastest. Yeah. It just depends on what you're looking for and you know what your goals are. And that I say this word all the time when patients are in here, look, it's not about my goals. It's about your goals. And and what are you willing to do to achieve them? You know, so I'm here to help you achieve your goals and I'll give you whatever plan that looks like yeah. to get you there. So it's really up to you guys. Okay. Um, let's say I'm a guy and my hair's starting to thin out. I mean, you know, you sort of see my scalp now. Um, and I'm coming to you and I want to say, I don't care what it is. Put me on your best program. I just want my hair back. Yeah. What would you say to me? <laughs> I would say we're gonna do the exosome huh. with the PRP. Okay. Okay. You're gonna do the Theradome helmet okay. twice a week for about 10, 15 minutes. They tell you it's a timer, tells you when you're done. Mm -hmm. I would put you on the zinc thymulin foam wash at night. Okay. And you would be taking the neutrophil in the day. I do all that. That what, would be your program. What are my chances of success? I'm gonna tell you within 30 days, mm -hmm. you are going to see dramatic results. 30 days. 30 days. Even though we just said it might take up to four months. Yes. Yes. And why, if I do all this, why is it now one month instead of four? Because you add the exosomes. Ah, the okay. exosomes speeds is what up. speeds everything up. Wow. Okay. Right? Jesus. Yeah. That's awesome. So it just depends. Yeah. Yeah. I know that uh, where we source our exosomes from, they got uh, these great before and afters, they just took patients, they gave them the exosomes, and literally, like, these guys look freaking bald, and now they're just, you know, hair flowing everywhere. Too much hair, in my opinion, but, you know, for these guys, they're loving it. Um, okay, yeah, and now, let's say, let's say I'm on a budget, you know, I don't got much money, but, like, I really need my hair. What, what would you, what would you recommend to me? Well, again, it just depends on what that budget looks like. Okay. Right? So your basic would just be the Nutrafol. Okay. Got it. And then step up from there would be the Zinc Thymolin. Right. Right? Got it. So, and we can, cut, yeah, we can customize based on whatever it is that you need. Right. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, oh, one more question. How much do hormones, because I know this is a hormone mastery mm -hmm. uh, show, how much do hormones play a role in hair loss? Hormones play a big role in hair loss. Hmm. Um, Can you give me like a percentage? The, I, honestly, I'm gonna say it's probably 75%. Jesus, wow, yeah. okay. Because it's not only the testosterone and the testosterone converting to DHT, but it's also progesterone. Oh. So if your progesterone's deficient, oh. which means your estrogen's dominant, then you're also gonna lose your hair. Oh my God. Which means that your testosterone isn't up to speed. Yeah. So it's, it is a balancing act between right. them all. Wow. Um, okay, and I'm assuming it's, it's similar for guys and girls, right? Absolutely. Okay, what's the other 25%? Just curious. It's gonna be um, autoimmune disorder, genetics? inflammation. Genetics is a big one. Okay, yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you, you can't really do a lot about your genetic right. pool. Like if your dad is like straight bald. <laughs> 
<laughs> like two ball hauled. Hairline. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so for let me let me back up then. In okay. order to do PRP or exosomes PRP, you have to have hair follicle present. Right. Okay. So if you come in here and you're completely bald, that's not gonna work for you because you have no hair follicle present. Right. And I I, I was <laughs> went on WebMD and I learned this. So let me you let me know if this is right. Um, we start out with hair. And then the hair follicle, is it, does it just stop becoming effective? It dies? Like, how, how come hair stops growing out of the follicle? What, what exactly happens to that follicle? Okay, think of it like a tree, mm -hmm. and you have the roots in okay. the soil. Got okay? it. And the soil's gone bad, Okay. and nobody's watering the soil. The soil is your scalp? Yes. Okay. Okay. And the water is going to be like the blood flow. Okay. Okay. So if you're not feeding this tree with good soil and good water, what happens to the roots? It's going to die. It's going to die. Ah. Right? They shrink up. Right. Right? And then what happens to the tree? Die, dead. It falls over. Yeah. Right? Ah. So it's the same idea behind a hair follicle. So you oh. think about the hair follicles like the tree trunk and then the bulb down at the bottom yeah. is basically the roots. Right. And so if it's being starved to death, or if there's so much inflammation, the inflammation kind of starts to like squeeze on the, the yeah. bulb root and then it can't breathe, right? So if right. it can't breathe, then it's not going to grow, right? Right. Yeah. So the idea behind the Nutrafol and the Zinc Thymolin is you're going to reduce the inflammation around the bulb okay? and you're actually gonna start sending blood flow right? and you're gonna feed the soil. Okay, got so it. So now you just made a stronger root, which mm -hmm. makes a stronger tree trunk which makes your tree pretty again. Ooh, I like this metaphor. Yeah. Okay, so Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's say uh, let's say we're we're talking inflammation and, and trees and soil and stuff. Would you say um, inflammation is like the bugs that eat trees? I, I don't know what they're freaking called, but I guess I guess <laughs> termite. Termite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What well, is that is that a correct metaphor inflammation? Yeah, because inflammation is it's I hate saying this, but it kind of, it strangles, mm -hmm. it strangles you. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. So if you have inflammation of the thyroid, like a Hashimoto's or a Graves, yeah. it's strangling that thyroid gland. So then the thyroid gland isn't producing thyroid hormone. I know we totally got off subject. <laughs> <laughs> but I just feel like everyone knows what Hashimoto's is. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to touch base on that. Um, mm -hmm. But it has to do with inflammation. Mm -hmm. So. Um, here's another way of thinking about inflammation, um, allergies, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people will say things like, I have a deviated septum or I have a polyp in my nose. That's allergies. What it is is it's inflammation, it's swelling. Mm. So if there's inflammation and swelling, then it kind of like restricts everything else from working, right? right. So then you can't breathe, right? right? Yeah. And then your body's responding like, I can't breathe. What do you want me to do? Right. And so it pre produces more mucus because it thinks that it's going to help that. Yeah. And then you're in this whole pattern. So it's the same idea. Okay. Got it. So, okay. So if the inflammation is like a choking thing and it chokes those roots, the tree can't grow anymore. The tree's dead, right? The Nutrafol and the Zinc Thymulin help with that. Right. right. Get rid yes. of the inflammation? Yes. Just get rid of it. Yep. Gone. Yep. Just smashed away. Just... Yep. Okay. Gets rid of that. Feeds the soil. Okay. Waters the plant. Okay, so it does all of that. Yeah. Okay, then, okay, now what's what's the benefit of using um, the PRP now? What's the PRP? For? Okay, PRP is now fertilizer. Fertilizer, so okay. So now we're gonna feed that tree because it's been dying for so long. Okay, so so the, the Nutrafol and the, the Thymulin, they're 
expunging the soil of the termites, you know, they're getting rid of the inflammation, they're making the soil livable with yeah. the, you know, the tree. Exactly. Okay. And then the PRP is the fertilizer. We're gonna fertilize this soil to help the tree, you know, you know, expand its roots, soak up yeah. all the nutrients exactly. and grow a much bigger tree, That's thicker right. tree. Yeah. Um and then what role do exosomes play? Because I know that that's like yep. the cream de la crème. I didn't say that right, but uh, <laughs> you know, that's like that's like the top line thing of what you can you know possibly do. How does that? What's the metaphor for that? Is that so, I know we said yeah fertilizer. Okay. Here's here's another maybe metaphor that I feel like a lot of our listeners. Mm -hmm. um, it's a difference between drinking black coffee and drinking bulletproof coffee. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm speaking my language. I love it. Okay, I once heard you tell me you. What do you think about this metaphor? Um, I was trying to find a way to explain to some of the difference between PRP and stem cells. Um, and someone was using a gardening metaphor. And the gardening metaphor was, look, you got a little plant, your PRP is like miracle growth for the plant, right? Mm -hmm. But then uh, stem cells is like, okay, um, you're taking out the weeds, the plant, spreading miracle growth, you're planting eight more seeds around that plant, and then you're hiring a gardener. Okay, is that, I like it. Is that a, is that like a good that? one for yeah. exosomes yeah. and therapy? <laughs> um, okay, cool, sweet. <laughs> I like that too. Is that, is that kind of where it's like, yeah. okay. Yeah, they bring in all the workers. Yeah, well, I, we should come up with like a whole list of metaphors, like, ah, turn your desert into a rainforest, like, just brush everywhere. I don't know. I'm sure there's some good ones, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, now, I know that we... I just brought. I just said, you know, the magic word stem cells. But we've been talking about exosomes the right. entire time. Right. I knew. I was just thinking that yep. you guys are so confused right now. Yeah, you're like, what the hell? PRP? <laughs> what is that? Thymulin? What? It's been so many words. I just learned progesterone was. So I mean, <laughs> I'm on the same level with you guys. Um. So. Okay. The way that we do it here is PRP stem cells exosomes, right? That, that's the typical ladder that we do. Yeah, I mean, exosomes, look, so we learned about exosomes, again, going back to A4M, yeah. where we're constantly educating ourselves. Um, last conference we went to in December, yeah, it was December, that one, yeah. is where we were learning about exosomes, because exosomes are kind of like the new stem cell, yeah. right? This guy, he got second degree burns all over his face within seven days, it was gone. Seven days. This other kid was paralyzed from the waist down for years. Um, and then a couple of days he was moving his legs again. Yeah. It was literally, I've never seen anything like it in my life before. It was crazy. So the idea behind, or just to kind of make things clear a little bit, is you have a stem cell, right? So let's look at the, here we go with our metaphors. Oh yeah, I love it. Let's do some more metaphors. <laughs> so stem cell is the Empire State Building. Ha, 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 ha. I love where this is going. When you're at the top of the Empire State Building, you're looking over and you want to see everything and you see all these people coming out of the Empire State Building and they're, they're going to lunch or they're going somewhere else. Those people coming out of the building are your exosomes. Okay. Okay? So exosomes are stored in stem cells. So uh, those... They are part of stem cell. And I remember, I remember hearing this. I just want to, I just want to, I guess, be clear on this. Those people you see coming out of the Empire State Building, those are the ones that are actually doing the work. They're right? doing the work. So it's not, the, if the stem cell is the Empire State Building. They're just sitting there stagnant. Right. right. The Empire State Building isn't doing anything. It's just sitting there. It's housing the exosomes. It's those people. It's producing the exosomes. Right, right. right? So those people are coming out and actually doing the work. They're going to their home. They're going to their other jobs. They're right. raising kids. They're living their lives, producing 
creating the American dream, right? Right. And so those are what you want, the exosomes, right? right. You don't, so, so from what I'm hearing from you is you don't need that stem cell if you already have all these workers, right? right? The exosomes. Well, here's something else too, and this is kind of why they're talking about exosomes and not so much stem cells, mm -hmm. is that stem cells carry DNA. Right. So everyone kind of freaks out about that, even though if you've kissed someone, you have their DNA. Yeah. So that shouldn't weird you out. Anytime you kiss someone, have sex, transfer <laughs> DNA. Get over it. Just so you know that, yeah. you have their DNA. Moving on. Is that, is that forever, by the way? <laughs> yeah. oh. Oh. Okay. So stem cells carry DNA and messenger RNA. Okay. Okay? Exosomes do not carry DNA. Mm. They only carry messenger, messenger RNA. RNA. And then something that's called microRNA. Okay. So these two different types of RNAs, one of them is building blocks, right, to produce protein okay. or amino acids. Yeah. We talked about amino acids. What are amino acids? They come as peptides. Right. Right? They're like building blocks. Building right? blocks. So yeah. these exosomes carry messenger RNA, which builds these amino acids, which are building blocks, cell signaling. You get the idea. Mm -hmm. The microRNA is what's going after inflammation oh. and autoimmune. Oh. Okay? Wow. So what they're finding is that because it has this part of it, you can actually use it in autoimmune disorders, and they're using it in cancer patients. Whereas <laughs> I've, this, yeah. I've had some patients call me and they'll say, well, I don't have cancer, but what if I have a cancer cell and I'm gonna go get stem cells, isn't it going to activate or grow it? Yeah, it could. If you use stem cells. If you use stem cells. That's why it's so controversial, right? right? Yeah. But with exosomes, if you do have any cancer cells in your body, it will actually kibosh it, okay? It will stop it from growing. And this has been clinically proven. This is right? clinically proven. Yeah. Wow. So they're actually Jesus. doing, yeah. So they're now doing studies using it with Lyme's disease, fibromyalgia, MS, like all the other autoimmune disorders to see, you know, so that they have the, the clinical studies behind it to yeah. kind of show, you know, what it does for it. So that's the difference between the exosomes and the stem cells. And we do still carry stem cells here because we do have patients that come in and they're like, no, I only want stem cells. Like, right. I've done my research. You know, some people are just, they're sold on what they're sold on. Right. But, you know, for me, if you're asking for my advice. The best results. The best results are going to be exosomes. Exosomes, right. So, that's why we have exosomes here. Right. And, and in your opinion, I just want to see your opinion on this. As far as results go, we got PRP, stem cells, exosomes, mm -hmm. right? So, if you want, like, the best of the best, you do exosomes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I guess... trying to think man hey guys if you want to call and ask questions 818-400-9130 uh call me we'll be answering questions uh in the you know upcoming future episodes or type a comment below i just it's so interesting because if they have anti-cancer properties why haven't we heard of them exactly <laughs> don't get me started oh <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to hear? <laughs> maybe that's a, maybe that's another episode. A whole other episode. Well, that's a whole other episode, guys. So stick around. This it's gonna be very controversial. Um, okay, so today we talked about um, the three main hormones that are running women's lives. Apparently, men are much more complicated. Who would have known? Who yeah, literally, I, I wouldn't guess that. Uh, we also talked about hair and uh, the best treatments that you can do for your hair. Um, we also talked about how hormones play a role in here. Oh, by the way, um, I know that you're a hormone expert and you do hormone balancing. 
Um, have you ever seen a patient whose hair improved from hormone balancing alone? I have actually, yes. No. Um, I find Dad or girl? it's usually the women. Okay, usually the women. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Got it. Um, once I get their estrogen dominance yeah. under control with some progesterone, they'll say things like, oh, I noticed that my hair is thicker, or yeah. it's not coming out in clumps in the shower. Oh. So, yeah, absolutely. And then for guys, the guys who get the best results, is it, what are they usually doing? There? It's usually going to be the, P, the whole thing, the yeah. whole like enchilada, exactly. uh, Nutrafol, PRP, yep. uh, okay, got it. Yeah. Would you recommend this stuff for the women as well? Course. Okay, got yeah. it. If there's if their main problem is hair loss, right, you'd recommend them to this plus also hormone balancing. Exactly. Is probably that. Okay, yeah. got it. That makes sense. And then if a guy is losing his hair, would you recommend hormone balancing as well? In of addition, course. right, because yeah. that that seems to be the root cause. Exactly. Let's figure out what the root cause is. Right. So I'm all about root causes. Root causes. <laughs> Remember, I don't do band aids. I want to know why this is happening. No, 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 no. We don't push pills. <laughs> we don't push pill. We don't push drugs down people's throats. No, no. drugs. I want to know what why this is happening yeah. and what we can do to help you fix it. Right, because um, I'm sure if you're watching this show, you must be pretty woke. Um, you know, the whole healthcare industry is all about band aids and pills down your throat just to here. Let me give you another pill. Oh, it's giving you side effects. Well, here's another pill for that. But with you, the way that you approach medicine and healing is let's take a look at what's actually causing your problems. Get rid of that root cause. Yeah. We get rid of that root cause. I don't need to push pills down your throat because exactly. you, you don't have the problem anymore. Why do you need pills if we can fix the problem, right? That's correct. Wow. Super interesting. Wow, guys. That was a long episode. Thanks for sticking around. We talked about so much hormones, hair, exosomes, which we'll do a whole other section on that. It's really interesting. And then... Uh, I'd also love to hear uh, your thoughts and opinions about the um, the industry, why we haven't heard of exosomes. It's really <laughs> interesting. All right, guys, stick around for uh, controversial episodes to come. I love it. All right, guys, take Bye care. Guys. Uh, that was weekend. Stephanie Wolf and uh, your host, Austin James Wolf.